0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In First John chapter three, the Apostle John declared, quote, "Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask, because we obey His commands and do what pleases Him." Are you living a life of growing obedience to our Heavenly Father? The scripture promises that the more we live a life of pleasing obedience to our heavenly father, the more we will experience answered prayer. Let's open our Bible now to 1 John chapter 3 that we might learn how to have a more powerful and fulfilling prayer life. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Thursday morning here in Texas, and it's a good morning to be, to be studying and thinking about and loving on Jesus. Just a, a good morning to be talking about Jesus and studying the word of God, that we might grow to know Jesus better, that we might grow to love him more, that we might grow to obey him more, that we might grow to know his love for us more, that we might grow to walk with him more deeply and intimately. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, uh, Lord willing, we're, we should finish up 1 John chapter 3. We have verses 19 to 24, just uh, strong verses. And so thank you, Lord Jesus. I uh, Golly, I do want to, you know, we, we want to be in prayer. Um, hopefully everyone who listens to these, you know, all of us will consistently have people in our lives that we know of that are struggling with different sicknesses or diseases or problems. And and you ought to consistently be in prayer, right? Consistently be petitioning or interceding, um, you know, to Jesus, you know, for, for, for these people's deliverance for their, for their healing. Right. It's, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we have in in our ministry, we have, uh, just, just a lot of different folks going through different things. Uh, My wife and I know, uh, You know, my wife, May, and I are just uh, in relationship with a lot of folks that are just going through, you know, different problems, different sicknesses, different diseases, back pains, just um, cancers and just, you know, mental, you know, uh, you know, just uh, difficulties and stuff. And so, Father, we thank you for your mercy in our lives. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your word, Father. But above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. And right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray healing, in all those who are going through struggles right now healing father in all those who are sick healing in all those lord who are who are struggling lord with with different with different mental issues lord and uh different anxieties and depressions and and all the different struggles that are out there father i pray healing in all those who are going through different back issues healing in those who have cancer issues, Father. We just ask for your mercy, your wholeness, your health, and your, your healing, Lord, and all those who have, have liver issues, Lord, kidney issues. We just ask for your mercy, your wholeness, your health, your healing, and your, and your grace, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. First John chapter 3, and we're gonna do verses 19 to 24. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he, and he knows everything. 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, We have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So it's interesting here. We have we have a contrast. Okay, Um, you're going to see, you know, John is speaking to believers here. He's talking about saved people. He's talking about people who are genuinely Christians and, you know, they're they're Christians. And you're going to see in verse 20. That, you know, when we have some ongoing sin in our life and we're convicted of it, we're saved, we're convicted of it, but, you know, we're, we, we, we've fallen into a pattern of sin that's, you know, that's wrong, right? All sin is wrong. All sin is disobedience, okay? All sin is against the will of our Heavenly Father, of Jesus, and of the Holy Spirit. It's wrong. But when we're, you know, when we're, when we're living consistently with different kinds of sin in our life, right, and and we're not we're not we're not working to get better at it, right? We're not really striving to to live a more holy life. Then then our heart should condemn us, so to speak, right? We ought to be we ought to be convicted over that. Now we're not condemned out of our salvation, right? Um, you know we'll we'll never lose our salvation. But look what John says in verse nineteen. Then this then is how we know that we belong to the truth. So this is how you know that you're really saved. Remember in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus called himself to the truth. And John here in verse 19 says, this then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Verse 20, whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything, okay? So when he says this, then, is how we know that we belong to the truth. If you go back and you look at verse 18, he said, Dear children, let us not love with words or in tongue, but with actions and in truth. And so what John is saying is if if you have a lifestyle, okay, of loving Jesus and wanting to please Jesus, and you have a lifestyle of of loving your brothers and sisters in Christ, and 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 wanting to see them well, and praying for them, as we already talked about, right when they're when they're going through struggles or sicknesses or diseases or or hardships, and you're wanting to encourage them, and you're you're wanting to be a blessing. If you have brothers and sisters in Christ that are needy or or struggling, and you're willing to bless them financially, right? Um, you know, and this is your lifestyle, but at the same time, you know. Your heart is convicting you over some things. You have some, some sin, whether it be in your thought processes, whether it be in your thoughts or your words. You have a habit of speaking sin, sinful words and you're not looking to get a hold of it, right? You're just, you're, you've been a little loose, right? Um, or you have, you have sin in your actions and in your deeds, right? Um, and, and it's not something you're working on. You're really not, you know, you're not trying to live a more holy and Christ-centered life. But you're a Christian, you're saved. John says, this then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. So again, if you're, a, if you're a genuinely saved Christian, if you're truly saved and there is you know disobedience in your life and in various aspects, and again, none of us are perfect, but I'm talking about you've gotten a little loose you know, in, in your words. And it's been consistent now it's been going on for months right years um and you're just not caring to fisk fix it you're you know you've been living in gossip and you know you're you know it's just something you know the Bible tells you not to do it, but just you refuse not to change it um you know um you're you're very judgmental, you're critical, right um you know you're struggling with lust and you're not looking to to get a hold of it so it can be a, it can be a variety of things. But if you're a genuine Christian, and and this is a part of your life, that there should be a conviction, right? And you should be uneasy about it, right? But at the same time, you shouldn't be afraid that that your heavenly father is going to disown you, right? This is not the way he's called you to live or me to live, right? Um, And so he says, this then is how we know we belong to the truth, that we're really saved. And how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. We can get to a place where we could start fearing, man, am I not, am I not really saved? Am I not a Christian? Again, again, I'm not, you know, I, you know, I shouldn't be living in this kind of sin like this. But that that heart that you're that you are concerned about your sin is a good sign that you truly are saved. I've said this before. If you're claiming to be a Christian and that that you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you can live a complete lifestyle of unrepentant sin, just consistent disobedience with no conviction, without your heart being convicted or condemned here, as John says, over the sin, then there's a a good possibility, if not a probability, you're not truly saved. You're not a true Christian, and you need to go back to the foot of the cross. Because again, if you are a genuine Christian, none of us will be perfect, okay? But there ought to be a, a conviction in your heart when you live in a manner that's disobedient to the word of God, right? There ought to be a grief in your heart of some sort, right? Um, And a desire to live in a way, uh, as the Bible tells us to live, to live in a way that's pleasing to Jesus. But John is saying, if if you're experiencing your heart condemning you, and you're fearful that, you know, that man, that 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 you don't even know God that that you're not saved that 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 you don't even know that you're a, you're a Christian and if you're concerned with that John says this then is how we know that we belong to the truth that we're really saved and in Jesus and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence whenever our hearts condemn us and so how do you set your heart at rest is this is is you examine your heart and you know that you do love your brothers and sisters in Christ and you do care about Jesus and you do have a desire and, you know, to, to see your brothers and sisters in Christ doing well. And so you can rest that you truly belong, you know, you belong to the truth, but you do want to repent over the, you know, just over the casual sin that you've been living in. Right. Um, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. So again, your heavenly father knows the lifestyle you're living. And and even if, you know, even if we have fear, right, that, man, I'm not truly saved because I know that I'm not living a lifestyle the way I should for Jesus, uh, your father is bigger than that, okay? You're not going to lose your salvation, okay? Your salvation cannot be undone. We certainly will, you know, we will undergo discipline from our Heavenly Father in the form of difficulty and hardship and things like that. But your salvation cannot be undone. He still loves you, right? But like any parent, our Heavenly Father will discipline us, right? This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and He, and he knows everything. But now look at the contrast. So that was that was a saved Christian who is still living a lifestyle of sinful behavior, right? And they know they're doing it, okay? As believers, we ought not plan to live in sin, okay? We ought not plan today. So if you can look into your heart today and just know that there's going to be various aspects of your life that you're going to sin, verse 19 is what you know, is where you ought to be, because that not, you know, none of us are going to be perfect, but we shouldn't be comfortable in sin. We shouldn't be planning to sin. Now look at, look at the contrast in the kind of Christian in verse 21 and 22. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Wow. All right, so you see that. So now this person is also saved. This person is also a Christian, right? But this is someone now who is living in increasing obedience to the word of God. They're not they're not perfect, but when they do fall in sin, they're convicted about it. They, they they're grieved about it. They go before their heavenly father. Uh, they repent over it. Right. They're willing to confess to their heavenly father that it's wrong and it's out of place. When they wrong other people, they'll say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. They're willing to acknowledge the, the sin that's out of place. And they're and they're living a lifestyle of increasing obedience. All right. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us. So. If you would look inside your heart today and say no, yeah, I, I have no, you know, plan to sin today. I don't have any just casual sin in my life where I'm just going to go out and say gossip about other people, or I'm just going to use, you know, foul language whenever, you know, whenever I want to, or, or appreciate it, or you know, I'm going to engage in some type of lust or pornography or or what have you, um, you know, or, or whatever the the different sin is, right? Um, You you know, if you're someone that that that, that's not a part of your lifestyle and, you know, then, then you have confidence before your heavenly father and your heart should not condemn you. Okay, you don't know anything of your heart to condemn you for. Okay, so this is a person now that's living in obedience, that they have a a greater lifestyle of living to please Jesus, of cleaning up the things that are out of place, even the so-called, right, quote, little sins. And of course, there are no little sins. Right. Um, But for me, right, sometimes I allow my say my impatience and I, you know, and, and I'll, you know. I won't keep it in check sometimes, right? Sometimes I'll just let myself be impatient, right? Um, There are times where I can just be very myopic, you know, all about me, right? I want my way. I'm a man of preference, as I've said, regrettably, but I'm working on that. But there are times I can, you know, I can allow myself to be more selfish than I ought to be. It's not okay. Okay. But I'm not planning to do that. Okay. I don't know of anything today that I'm planning to do that's sinful, So, if you're in that place, verse 21, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. So, again, this is not a a condemnation that has anything to do, you know, uh, with your salvation, okay? Um, you, You cannot lose your salvation. The question is, have you ever truly been saved. Okay. Once God, your father, God, the father is your heavenly father. He'll always be your heavenly father. Once Jesus Christ is your Lord and savior, he'll always be your Lord and savior. You'll always be the bride of Christ. Jesus isn't going to divorce you, right? You're going to be part of his body for all eternity. Jesus is not hacking up his spiritual body. People coming in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, once the Holy spirit is one with you, you're sealed forever. He'll never leave you. Right. Um, but the question is are you genuinely saved? This whole book was written, the five chapters of 1 John are written. He tells us in uh, chapter 5 verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you can know that you have eternal life, right? The question is have you ever genuinely been saved? Okay? Have you ever truly trusted in Jesus Christ? Are you trusting in him and relying in him, relying on him and clinging to him today? And him alone for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, deliverance from the wrath of God, the father and eternal hell and to bring you to heaven when you die. Right. So this type of person now, right, this man or woman is a Christian that's walking in serious obedience, right, growing obedience. They, 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 they're, they're experiencing fellowship and intimacy with God, the Father, fellowship and intimacy with God, the Son, with Jesus, intimacy with God, the Holy Spirit. Um, they're in community. They love their brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and they're living an obedient lifestyle. That's what, what, what this type of Christian is. Dear friends If our hearts, do not condemn us. You don't know of anything in your life that you're planning to do today in deliberate sin. We have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Okay, so it's important to understand we don't earn our blessings. However, just like with any parent-child relationship, if you have a child that's, say, 16 years old uh, and they're extremely responsible, you know, you're going to allow them to get their license, right, their driver's license, and and you're going to entrust them in a way that you will not a sixteen-year-old child that's irresponsible, that's not living in a way that you that you know that's correct and right. That's not making good decisions. It's the same with our heavenly Father. Okay, um, you know when we when we're living a life of obedience, right? It's he's he's simply you know he's not only going to entrust us with more, with greater and deeper understanding of Him. We're going to experience His presence in a deeper way. But look what it says. Uh, you know, our prayers are going to be more answered. And, and that's obviously because we're, we're praying prayers that are more in line with, with his will to begin with when we're living in a, an obedient, Christ-centered life to please him. It's a powerful verse. This is where every one of us should want to get to. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask Because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Doesn't that sound good, y'all? I mean, don't you want to to have a, a lifestyle that when you pray that you're having confidence, you know, because you know that he knows. It already says he knows everything, right? You saw that in verse 20. He knows our behavior. He knows our lifestyle. It says we receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Okay, so you notice Your salvation is not based on anything you do, okay. My salvation, having our sins forgiven, being delivered from eternal hell, and going to heaven when we die, has nothing to do with anything we do. But our obedience is entirely plays a part. and pleasing our Heavenly Father. He's pleased, certainly, when we believe in Jesus. But John says, and we receive from him anything we ask. So we will certainly have our prayers answered far more when we're living an obedient life. Because we obey his commands. His commands there are whatever the Bible tells us to do. It's not the Ten Commandments. It's his commands that we obey. And, you know, everything he's commanded us to believe. And we obey as a lifestyle, what he's commanded us to do. Not perfectly, but again, this is the pattern of our life. This is our lifestyle. And we receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Okay, now the beginning thing that pleases him is to believe the word of God, beginning with believing on, trusting in, relying on, clinging to Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins, and the salvation of your soul, right? Um, so again, this, this is exciting, right? So you see the two types of Christians here, right? One that's a true Christian, but still, is, still has too many areas of their life that, that they're not working to bring into wholeness and holiness in Jesus. But another one is one who has no, who, who has no plans on any deliberate sin in their life, who truly is working on every aspect of their life spiritually physically emotionally financially and relationally you know they're living in all of these things you know living for jesus loving for jesus giving for jesus forgiving for jesus john says that uh you know that your prayer life will be much more vibrant you're going to see your prayers answered much more because we obey him right we just we, we have a lifestyle not perfectly but we obey the word of God we repent more quickly when we fall short and our heart is to please him. Verse 23 and this is his command. Okay? So here's the first command to believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and to love one another as he commanded us. So again, remember to believe in Jesus is a is a command. Okay? It's 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 not a request, okay? Um it's you know it's Everything in the scriptures that is written, it's, we're commanded to believe it, okay? We're commanded to believe the word of God, okay? Um, everything in there, okay? It's not a request. It's a command to believe the word of God, okay? And then we're commanded with, with how to live our lives in light of our beliefs, okay? So the first command, the first command we have, okay, and this is his command, you see it verse twenty three I didn't write it, okay and this is his command to believe in the name of his Son Jesus Christ. okay? So everyone that was thinking that that to believe in Jesus is some is just some uh, request of a, of our heavenly Father, we've got it wrong, right? It's a command. We're commanded by our heavenly Father to believe in the name of his Son Jesus Christ. and what is that? What does that mean? Okay, it doesn't simply mean to believe that Jesus existed. It doesn't mean to, to to just intellectually acknowledge that Jesus Christ existed, or even that He died on the cross. It means to to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Means to believe all that the Bible says about Jesus and all the Bible says as to why we need Him. Right. That's what it means to believe in Jesus. We can't just make up our own Jesus and believe in that Jesus. We have to believe in the scripture, in the word of God, with what the Bible says about Jesus, all right, and why we need him. So what does that mean? Okay, because this is his first command. Here's the most important command. Okay, if you never got any other command, this is the single most important command for you to obey. And that's a command, verse 23, And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Okay, so what does that mean? Okay, that means to believe that Jesus Christ, the son of God, God, the son of his own will entered this world, became a human man for you and for me, that he lived a perfect, righteous, sinless life on your behalf and my behalf, a life we could never live. He then died a torturous death on your behalf and in your place, on my behalf and in my place, that we deserve to die. And that you believe that he is indeed alive and risen. Okay. Do you believe that? Okay. You then believe, okay, that that you are in desperate need of Jesus Christ. You are hopeless, helpless, and desperate. Okay. Uh, you know, to 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 not to, if you don't understand your need of Jesus, if you don't believe you're a sinner, then you have no, you know, you have no reason to believe in your need to be saved. You don't even know what you need to be saved from, right? So to believe in Jesus as the savior is to is to believe wholeheartedly that you need a savior. God has given his word in the scripture that every one of us are hopeless, helpless, desperate, hell-bound sinners. And that only in humbling ourselves and in receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and putting our full trust, faith, and confidence in Jesus, in Jesus alone, For the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, as I've said, deliverance from the wrath of God the Father, deliverance from eternal hell, and to bring us to heaven when we die. Only in Jesus can we have this salvation, right? This is what it means to believe in Jesus. So again, when you say, I believe in Jesus, is this what you mean? Everything I've just said, you ought to be able to give a hearty amen and amen to, right? And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. So here's the first command to believe in Jesus and now to live a life of love. We live a life of love, of loving Jesus. And how do we love Jesus? We love Jesus by obeying him. We love Jesus by doing what's pleasing to him. And we love Jesus by loving one another, by having a genuine, sacrificial love with one another. Um, There's a lot of things, you know, when we're saying I love you or we tell people I love you. it's, It's not real love when we're saying it because you know, we're saying it because we want something in return. Okay. True biblical, um, you know, the Greek word agape love is, is the love of our heavenly father, right? It's a, it's a, it's a selfless love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that's giving without expecting anything in return. It's, it's not, you know, it's not a love that says, I love you because the person's trying to get something from you or we're trying to get something from, from someone. It's a genuine sacrificial love that's looking to to emulate Jesus. Right. We learned, you know, um, I think it was in the last teaching where, you know, the very foundation of love. We wouldn't even know what love is. Might have been a teaching before last, but we wouldn't even know what love is if not for Jesus. Right. Jesus going to the cross. Right. Giving his life on the cross, you know, sacrificially for sinful people who could offer him nothing. OK, that's the that's the, the epitome, the embodiment of love. And that's what we want to emulate. We want to love one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, in, in a sacrificial way. Right. We want to love them, you know, not looking to get things from them. And John says, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Verse 24, those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. Okay, so again, if you have a lifestyle of obeying the word of God and the son of God. If you simply have a lifestyle of reading the scriptures, of listening to teachings like these, right? When you go to church and you hear the scripture spoken, hopefully the the minister or the pastor is is exhorting you in what to believe and how to live, okay? Uh, That's a pastor's job. That's a teacher's job. Whenever you go to church, there there ought to be a balance in affirming you and the teaching of the word of God of what to believe, but there ought to be an equal focus on how we're to live, okay? We're saved only in our belief, but it ought to be two sides of the same coin. The other side of that, right, um, you know, the consequences of your belief ought to be a life of increasing obedience to Jesus Christ and looking to please him, okay? That ought to be a part of every sermon you hear, okay? Um, Affirming you in the beliefs of what we hold to and the truth of all that's been done for you in Christ. Okay. But equally as much, you know, our responsibility. You ought to be being exhorted on how to live your life in and for Jesus Christ. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. will have more life. You'll experience more life. Live in him and he in them. You're going to experience this whole eternal life, spiritual life, heavenly life the more obedience you walk in. And this is how we know that he lives in us. Last half of 24, we know it by the spirit he gave us. Okay, if you're a genuine Christian today, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit lives in you. It's the Holy Spirit that leads you to be convicted when you're sin. It's the Holy Spirit that's leading you and pointing you to Jesus more and more and more. It's the Holy Spirit who's always encouraging you and counseling you, right? Guiding you. To, to, to obey the scriptures more and more and more and more, to walk in a way that's pleasing to your heavenly Father, to Jesus, and indeed to the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. We thank you again, Father, for the word of God. We thank you for this book of First John, Father. Father, we ask you to help us to grow in our lives, Father, Help us to be led by your Holy Spirit, Father, that, that we would more and more walk in an upright way that pleases you, that, 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 that we might see and experience answered prayer more and more and more and more. Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you today. Holy Spirit, seal this message to our hearts now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.